2: Sure is a shame that nothing exciting happened in tonight's Sacramento Kings versus Milwaukee Bucks game. Just a fight, a pair of ejections, a playoff-like battle, a Giannis Antetokounmpo masterclass, a Kevin Herter heater, and Kings head coach Mike Brown is a fan of Dungeons & Dragons. I'll explain all of it on tonight's Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on
1: Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode
2: of Locked
0: on King.
2: Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all year long. Today, presented by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. And boy, if tonight wasn't like the playoffs in the Golden One Center, well, the fact that it was a Sacramento Kings versus Milwaukee Bucks West versus East team, I. Should should say if tonight wasn't like an NBA Finals matchup inside the Golden One Center, I don't know what is. What a game between the Bucks and the Kings! A game that was entertaining throughout the entire night. Honestly, one of my favorite nights of the season, despite the fact that the Sacramento Kings fell 133 to 124. Of course, it began with an incredible interaction between myself and Mike Brown about Dungeons and Dragons. If you follow me on social media at Matt Sack on Twitter you probably are already aware or have seen that interaction, but for those of you who are unaware, at the end of the podcast uh, I'll, I'll explain to you and share the video and the audio of uh, what happened between Mike and myself during our uh, introductory or rather the, the pre-game press conference uh, where Mike is normally in kind of a, a, a chipper mood. Well we had an all-time moment tonight that had to do with tabletop role-playing games and I'll get to that in a little bit, but I I can't start there, of course. I gotta start with just this incredible battle between uh the, the, the Kings and the Bucks. Look, the Kings lost, and I've shared with you I've been very consistent this season. There's no silver linings or no moral victories. I'm not even talking about silver linings or moral victories tonight. I can't find really anything to be mad at from tonight's Kings game. I was thoroughly entertained. An excellent night. The Sacramento Kings gave the Milwaukee Bucks all they can handle. And look, I've been consistent this season with the fact that I believe the champion in the NBA is in the Eastern Conference this year. Whether it's the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, hell, even the Cleveland Cavaliers, in my opinion, whichever team comes out of the East is going to be the NBA champion. And arguably the Giannis Antetokounmpo-led Milwaukee Bucks should be the front runner. This is a team that is a championship or bust team. This is a team that's been there, done that, And it took a championship-caliber performance tonight in order to defeat the Sacramento Kings. The Kings came out hot. They punched first. They built up to a 15-point lead in this game. Now, of course, it's disappointing to say they lost and blew a 15-point lead. But then again, in the modern NBA, 15-point leads, hell, even 20-point leads, they don't mean anything. They really don't. They disappear so quickly. Now, I'm not making any excuses for the Sacramento Kings. On your home floor, if you want to be a championship team yourself, you have to find ways to win these games and beat teams to the caliber of the Milwaukee Bucks. But the Kings aren't on that caliber yet. I have no problem saying that. Look, I've seen discussions. I see Bill Simmons on his podcast talking about, hey, maybe we should consider the Sacramento Kings title contenders. As optimistic as I am, I'm not going to put the Sacramento Kings in that category yet. I don't see why there's not any reason that they can't actually make it there. I certainly wouldn't put money on it at this point. But look, what the Kings have proven tonight over anything else, which I'm going to talk more about in a little bit, the Kings have proven tonight that they are more than ready for the playoffs, and they're more than ready for the physicality, the drama, that they are going to face in those postseason games, whether it's here on their home floor or on the road. And remember, when the Kings took on the Milwaukee Bucks on the road uh, earlier this season, the Bucks wiped the floor with them. Tonight, the Kings gave the Bucks everything they could handle. And the Kings haven't beaten the Bucks in seven years, by the way. I think this is 14 street wins for the Bucks over the Sacramento Kings. So hopefully the Kings can find a way to break that. Maybe it'll be in the NBA Finals this year. But look, let's talk about the fight at the end, right? The altercation between Trey Lyles and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Here's what I saw, and I'll walk you through everything that I saw. Trey Lyles and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo are meeting around half court right here beside me, and Giannis is kind of dribbling out the clock, but clearly he's making his way towards Trey Lyles, and there's some John, there's some talking going on. Giannis is one of the best personalities in the NBA. I absolutely love Giannis's personality, uh, but he's not afraid to talk trash. Clearly he said some things that Trey took uh, exception to because Trey ended up, kind of fouling him pretty hard and and then giving him a bit of a shove. Trey Lyles initiated the contact. So while some might say Giannis Antetokounmpo started things with his mouth, Lyles actually started things with the physicality. Lyles is the one that took it to that next level. So it might be an unpopular opinion to you. I know Brook Lopez didn't have a lot of fans in this building tonight based off of how his night went. But I think Brook Lopez did everything he was supposed to do in this altercation. Because as soon as he saw his star get pushed, he stepped in and got right in the face of Trey Laos. That's exactly what Brook Lopez is supposed to do. He is the enforcer on this team. In many ways, he's a captain on this team. He's definitely a leader on this team, despite this team being loaded with guys like Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton and so many different great players on this group. Brook Lopez is that enforcer for this team. And this is what he's supposed to do. I'm stepping in, I'm going to uh, have my guys back because we can't afford him one getting hurt in any kind of altercation and two getting suspended or, or, or picking up anything like that if he elevate or escalates things. Now Giannis ended up walking away until everything really kicked off because Lopez gets into Trey Lyles' face and then Lyles goes up high, shoves him, clearly has him around the neck for most of the altercation that spilled out right to where I am here, right in front of the scorer's table. Now, good job by both teams not allowing the benches to get involved so we shouldn't see any suspensions or anything like that. Uh, From that side, I have no idea if Brooke Lopez is going to get a suspension. Both he and Trey Lyles were uh, ejected from this game. I can almost guarantee you that Trey Lyles will uh, will face a suspension for tonight. I would be shocked if Trey Lyles is playing on Wednesday for the Kings against the Chicago Bulls. Hopefully it's not a multiple-game thing. No punches were thrown, so it wasn't that bad. But any contact, any altercation that becomes... Some people were calling it a brawl. It wasn't that. It was a scrap. It was some shoving. More words thrown in, and harsh words than there were actual uh, physical touching. But look, Trey Lyles had Brooke Lopez around the throat. So... I don't know if he was squeezing. I don't know if he's choking him or just putting his hand there. You're going to get a. You're, you're going to get a fine, absolutely, and you're probably going to get a, 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 at least a one-game suspension for that. If I were guessing, I would again be shocked if Trey Lyles doesn't get the suspension. So that's my view on the fight. And to be honest with you, I don't blame anybody. I have zero issue with that altercation taking place, even if it means Trey Lyles is missing a game or two. No problem. It's a physical game. It was back and forth. It was a hard-fought fight the entire night. Brooke Lopez at one point was bleeding from a shot that he took to the eye. Like, this game was a battle between these two teams. I have no issue with jawing on the floor. I have no issue with Trey Lyles taking exception to that jawing and to showing that he and the Kings are not going to be punked. And I have no issue with him and Brooke Lopez getting into it and the other teams going and having their guys back. Look, if the Sacramento Kings are good enough to bring that out of the Milwaukee Bucks, and not in a way that's a cheap shot. Look, remember when the Sacramento Kings played the Houston Rockets here? I can't remember the dude's name because he's that forgettable, but he had a couple shoves, and there was an altercation that took place. I think, I can't remember who it was with. It might have been with Malik Monk, or was it with Trey Lyles? To, I honestly don't remember who the altercation was with, but it was after Chief shots, and there was pushing and shot. And like we're talking about a bad Houston Rockets team that played the Sacramento Kings on back-to-back nights and were clearly frustrated because the Kings were kicking their ass. That's one thing. The Sacramento Kings and, and uh, Milwaukee Bucks gotten an altercation tonight and were jawing at each other because this was a battle between two of the best teams in their respective conferences. Massive difference between those two things. So the fact that the Kings brought that side out of Giannis, brought that side out of the Bucks to where there was an altercation here. You know what that's called? That's called meaningful playoff basketball. I loved it. I love what I saw. Now, enough hearing from me about the altercation. Here is De'Aaron Fox, uh, head coach Mike Brown, and DeMonta Sabonis talking about the altercation. Now, I'm warning you, this is a PG show. It's friendly. We, we try and uh, keep cursing and, and keep everything as uh, childproof and child-friendly as possible. I'm not bleeping out what Mike Brown said because I think it's less impactful. Because Mike Brown is clear, clearly here in this clip that I'm about to play for you sending a message to the rest of the league that the Sacramento Kings are not going to be punked.
3: I don't know what happened, but so we ain't taking no shit from nobody. Trust me on that. And they all going to have each other's back in there. That don't mean we're going to go out there and start something. We're not. But we're going to stand up for ourselves and each other.
0: Oh, I mean, Giannis can just dribble
3: the ball out. That's all he had to do. Nah, nothing would have happened, so.
0: We have our teammates back, you know, um, Trey didn't like what, what, what was happening, you know, and then um, we're, 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 we're all there for him, you know.
2: Love what all three of them said. De'Aaron clearly not happy with Giannis, saying Giannis just had to dribble the ball out and not open his mouth, and, and clearly that altercation never would have happened. Mike Brown saying this team is not going to take no S from nobody, and, and DeMontis Sabonis, who's the coolest head in the room other than Mike Brown, basically saying, look, we're going to have our guys back. If there's an altercation, we are going to have our guys back and we're going to get involved. So I love what the Sacramento Kings said there. I love what the coach said there. I love what the players said there. That's exactly what you want from this team. I love the fact that they're not going to back down from any challenge. They're going to bring that kind of mindset that they're not going to get punked by anybody. And look, if there's a team like the Lakers who says that they want the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs, I told you weeks ago when the Lakers said that, that they don't know what they're asking for and that teams are going to be in for a rude awakening. But No team should want to play this Sacramento Kings team in the playoffs. Experience be damned. The Kings have shown time and time and time and time and time again. Yes, during the regular season, but we can't just throw that out just because it's the regular season. It's still basketball. It's still physical. And the Kings have shown they can not only hang with anybody, they can beat anybody, and they won't back down from anybody, including MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. So good luck to anyone who says that they want the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. Good freaking luck, because you shouldn't. You shouldn't want the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs at all. The Kings are going to beat, I think, have a very good chance of beating and winning their opening round series against any team that they're likely going to face. Sure, if they faced Memphis or Denver, maybe I'd feel a little nervous. If they faced the Golden State Warriors, to be honest with you, I'll feel a little bit nervous, seeing as how they're defending champs, and I think Steph Curry could carry that team on his back if he needed to for a seven-game series. But other than those teams, which the Kings are not going to be taking on two of them in the Nuggets and Grizzlies in the opening round, Maybe the expectation should be that the Sacramento Kings are going to win their opening series. But we'll get to that later on. In fact, I'm going to be doing a podcast episode tomorrow talking about different playoff scenarios and which are the best and worst case scenarios that Kings fans should be keeping an eye out for. Let's go back to the Bucs really quick. At some point, you just have to tip your cap and appreciate greatness. Because the Milwaukee Bucks, like I said, they are a championship caliber team. If I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on Giannis and the uh, the Bucks to come out of the East and, like I said earlier, win the uh, win be the NBA Finals. Although, whatever Western Con- or Eastern Conference Finals we get, whether it's Bucks Celtics, Bucks Sixers, Sixers Celtics, whatever it's going to be, like the 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 battle in the Eastern Conference is going to be just incredibly entertaining this year, and I cannot wait for the playoffs. Of course, for the Sacramento Kings being in there, but for uh, that battle out East as well. But look. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 46 points tonight, 12 rebounds. I share this on social media, and I've been very vocal about this before. Giannis Antetokounmpo is my favorite player to watch live, period. Ever. Ever. Watching that man play basketball in person. Now, watching him on on TV is a spectacle, too. But watching him in person, how big he is, how he moves, how he can get up and down the floor in three dribbles and five steps how he is just an absolutely physical, dominating presence who has a quick first step and a really soft touch around the rim, but can also throw down a dunk with all the anger on the planet. Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you have a chance ever to go watch Giannis play live, take it. I'm telling you. In my opinion, and I know Damian Barling from ESPN 1320 pointed this out tonight, I think Dom- uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best and most dominant player in the NBA today. Period. I think he is. I've seen him enough in person, and it's not just tonight that's skewing that opinion. I've watched Giannis Antetokounmpo play in person now like six or seven times. Every single time he wows me, tonight was, of course, no different. Like I said, 46 points tonight. If you have a chance to go see Giannis play live as just a basketball fan, do it. Because it might be bad news for your team, but it's good news for your eyes and your viewership. He is just absolutely stunning to watch. Then there's Chris Middleton. Kings did an excellent job against Chris Middleton in the first half. He had five points. He ended the game with 31. Not great. <laughs> I think he and uh, Giannis combined for like 31 or 33 points in the third quarter. Yikes. I mean, uh, the speaking of combinations, I'm going to get to a big combination here. But the Milwaukee Bucks scored 80 points in the second half. Hard to beat a team when they're doing that. And it wasn't like the Kings were playing horrific defense. Look, we know the Kings aren't a good defensive team, but the Milwaukee Bucks just were getting everything that they wanted. We're hitting good shots, and they're just so damn physical and so damn big, plus they have so many freaking weapons. That team is really, really tough for anybody to stop, let alone the Sacramento Kings with their 25th-ranked defense, I think is what they have. And then there's Brooke Lopez. Of course, got ejected tonight, got involved in the fight. Well, he was a presence all night long, had 23 points. I love Brooke Lopez's story because... If you remember back to his days as a New Jersey Net, Brook Lopez was a force in the paint, right? He had one of the best post games in the league. Now fast forward to he's in his mid-30s, still playing in the NBA, the starting center on a championship team. He is a lights-out shooter, maybe the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, leads the league in blocks. Like, he is just an incredible, incredible force. And so, Like I said earlier, he's the enforcer, and he's in many ways the captain of this Milwaukee Bucks squad. So you combine Lopez's 23, Chris Middleton's 31, and Giannis's 46. Easy math, that's 100 points from three guys. Not to mention, Drew Holiday usually cooks the Kings. I think he only had like 11 or so points tonight, so he didn't have that big of a game, but it didn't need it. It didn't matter because when that three is scoring that way, how do you stop them? And I asked De'Aaron Fox after the game. I'm like, do you focus on one? Do you try and let one, or let one get his or, or let two of them get theirs and not let the third beat you? How do you play against that? And uh, to be honest with you, I don't really remember De'Aaron Fox's answer. Uh, he just talked about not allowing them to like, get to their spots and get comfortable. Mike Brown talked a lot about not allowing uh, Chris Middleton to get as comfortable and start the second half as comfortable as he looked despite only having five points at halftime. 100 points combined from three guys. Yeah, that's how deep this Milwaukee Bucks team is. That's how dangerous this Milwaukee Bucks team is. And like I mentioned, they have Drew Holiday. They have other pieces uh, that are capable of beating you uh, at at a blink of an eye, too. This is a perfectly constructed, in my opinion, Milwaukee Bucks team. A machine made for winning championships. And you can see why tonight. But I'm telling you, the Sacramento Kings, they're ready for the first round of the playoffs. And look... I know there's jokes about NBA scripts and the NBA writing scripts of games and scripts of seasons. Well, based off tonight, maybe the NBA might want to look into changing the script and getting a Sacramento Kings-Milwaukee-Bucks NBA Finals (laughs) because that would be a whole hell of a lot of fun if the Kings and Bucks play the same way that they did tonight. Now, I would go out on a limb and say the Kings are probably not making it past five games. They might be lucky to make it five games in that series. But, boy, would it be an entertaining five games, and I think each one of those games would be close because despite the fact that the Kings lost by nine points tonight, 133-124, to it was not that much of a blowout. It was a very close game all night long, with the exception of the Kings building up a 15-point lead. I still have to talk about the Sacramento Kings' individual performances: De'Aaron Fox, Demontis Sabonis, and Kevin Herter. Before I get to that, though, I want to remind you that today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one way to play daily fantasy sports. The way it works: you pick two to five players, and you pick either the over or the under on the Prize Picks projected scoring totals. And it's not just for the big names guys. Of course, they had totals for Middleton and for Giannis and for De'Aaron and for Demontis Sabonis, but they'll even have those for Trey Lyles or Malik Monk or uh, Grayson Allen. They have them for so many. You pick two to five players. You pick if you think they're going to score over or under, and you can win up to 25 times your money. It's just you versus the prize picks projections. You don't have to worry about taking on anybody else, especially those sharks out there that make a living off of taking advantage and beating you when this is just a hobby for you, something to help enjoy the game of basketball just a little bit more. And if you're wanting to give it a try make sure you go to prizepix.com right now if you're signing up for the first time use our promo code locked on you'll get hundred percent instant deposit match up to hundred dollars meaning you deposit hundred dollars you get immediately hundred dollars back uh, you deposit fifty dollars you get an extra fifty dollars right away for you to then make even more money on prize the number one way to play daily fantasy sports
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Okay, Mr. Sabonis, you already had my attention. You just won the Western Conference Player of the Week Award, I think for the second time so far this season. Uh, And he reminded everybody why he did that. Last week he had two triple-doubles. Tonight this is his first of the week, and it's Monday. Demontis Sabonis, 23 points, 17 rebounds, 15 assists tonight. I don't know what the Milwaukee Bucks did to piss off uh, Demontis Sabonis. You would think that the Bucks traded Sabonis to the Kings and not the Indiana Pacers because he came out clearly in an attack mindset. He went right at Brooke Lopez the entire night. Those two were battling. It was physical. Lopez got away with a lot of fouls. Regardless, Giannis, or rather, uh, Demontis still got his. And this is his 10th triple double of the year. Now, I'm putting that before double doubles because. He has now 54 double-doubles on the season, which is the franchise record for double-doubles in the regular season. And, of course, he's going to add more to that total here with, I think, 15 games remaining. DeMondis Zabonis has just been an absolute force. He's excellent. Uh, I mean, I don't know what more I could say about him that I haven't said already this season, except for the fact that, like what I said for this entire Kings team, he's clearly ready for the playoffs, and he's not going to back down from that physicality. He's not going to back down from that extra aggression. And I like the fact that, He played through a physical game. He played nearly 40 minutes tonight, and he stayed out of foul trouble. I love that from Sabonis. If he can do that in the playoffs, the Kings are going to be very, very difficult for any team to beat. Then we talk about Kevin Herter. Career high in three-pointers made tonight with eight three-pointers. He finished with 28 points, 8 of 11 from three-point range. This is why the three-point contest doesn't matter, right? Right. And I love what De'Aaron Fox said after the three-point contest. Obviously, Kevin Herter did not perform the way that he wanted to. He had the worst score in the three-point contest. I'm sure he was embarrassed. I know Kings fans were disappointed, whatever. It's more about the recognition than anything else, but Herter's a competitor. He obviously not just wanted to win that. He wanted to put up a better showing than what he showed. But after the All-Star game, we asked De'Aaron about Kevin's performance. And De'Aaron said, simply put, and I can't say exactly what he said, but he said, we don't give an F. We don't like the Kings as a team do not give an F because they know that Kevin Herter is a damn good shooter. And tonight he showed it tonight when Kevin Herter's hot. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Like, And he was on one in the fourth quarter tonight. He had, let's see a total of 17 points in the fourth quarter, a Herter heater, six of eight from the field, five of six from three point range. And some of the shots he was hitting were off the dribble, off the motion, like coming off dribble handoffs from De'Aaron Fox, or I'm sorry, DeMontis a catch and shoot, And he was making everybody chase him. If you watch Kevin Herter's off-ball movement, it might be the best on the team. He moves so well without the ball, playing, of course, uh, through Sabonis, playing through uh, the Kings in the high post. I mean, he makes, whether it was Jay Crowder or Grayson Allen or whoever was on him, he makes them chase him. And you can tell he tires defenders out. And then tonight he was just hitting ridiculous off-balance shots, especially in the fourth quarter. If Kevin Herter gets going like that again, I know the Kings lost tonight, but... How dynamic is that, right? How scary is that for a team if Kevin Herter gets on one of those Herter heaters? And then you have De'Aaron Fox, 35 points tonight, 8 rebounds. He had 13 points in the fourth quarter. So we got more fourth-quarter Herter than we got fourth-quarter Fox. I saw some people on social media saying the Kings needed more out of De'Aaron Fox throughout the course of the game. And after the Kings uh, win over the New York Knicks, remember it was Mike Brown who challenged De'Aaron and said, look, I need to try and find a way to get that fourth quarter Fox for the first three quarters. I need to find a way to get De'Aaron Fox to play that way through the 33 to 35 minutes that he's playing a night. Well, De'Aaron went into the fourth quarter tonight with 22 points. So maybe sure he could have had more when you compare his game to what Giannis Atacupo did in the first three quarters. Okay. There's a difference there, but I think that's comparing apples to oranges. I thought De'Aaron Fox had a really good game and was really consistent throughout the night. He was in in the attack mindset whenever he had to be. And then defensively, that's really what I want to point out with De'Aaron Fox because Kenny Caraway on ESPN 1320 today said that he thinks De'Aaron should get some kind of consideration for the all-defensive team. Now, I don't think he is going to get any love like that because he plays for one of the worst defenses in the NBA, and De'Aaron's not really known as a lockdown defender. But when it comes to fourth-quarter defense... De'Aaron has been really, really good all year long. Really, really good. And he had a couple of plays tonight. I think it was Chris Middleton who was attacking in the fourth quarter when the Kings were still within a couple of points. And De'Aaron stripped him. Ball went off of Middleton's knee. And it was a turnover and a forced turnover by De'Aaron. Love that from Fox. He is not backed off from the challenge. And you'll notice... Typically, if there's a star guard, De'Aaron's guarding that player. But when De'Aaron, fourth quarter Fox, is trying to get going, that player that he's guarding, that star that he's guarding, is not guarding him. He doesn't back away from that challenge like others back away from the challenge of trying to stay in front of him. Plus, in the end of the first quarter, he had a nasty step-back buzzer beater three. Someone said it on Twitter, and they're absolutely right. If De'Aaron is hitting that shot, if that shot is in his bag consistently, he's literally impossible to guard and he's damn near impossible even without that shot to this point. So love what I saw from De'Aaron. Love what I saw, of course, from uh, from Kevin and from DeMontis Sabonis. Of course, you needed a little bit more out of the rest of the team. Was a little dis- bit disappointed with Keegan Murray tonight. He's had a couple of uh, suspect games back-to-back. Really, the last two or, or last three games, he hasn't played too well on the offensive end of the floor. And clearly, Chris Middleton and the Bucks were targeting him. It got to a point where in the fourth quarter, uh, 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 Mike Brown just simply had to take him out of the game because they were going after him every single time down the floor, and he just could not stay in front of him. He could not guard him. He could not deal with it. Hey, learning experience, rookie. You're guarding some of the best on arguably the championship favorite. I hope he learned from it. I hope he can build upon it because nights like tonight and nights like this in the playoffs, they're going to need Keegan Murray more than he showed up tonight. This episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. We're now in March, and hopefully, if you had those New Year's resolutions of eating better or uh, being more physically active, losing weight, maybe putting on pounds uh, of muscle and getting more protein in your diet, I hope those are still going strong. If they are, keep using Built Bars and Built products to help carry out that momentum. If you're not, though, you don't have to give up and wait for next year to start again. Get right back on track and allow Built Bars to help you with that. What Built Bars do best is... Does not just give you the protein that you need and limit the calorie intake, they help replace that sweet tooth that you have. You don't have to get rid of it outright, just replace those treats that satisfy that sweet tooth that we all have with a built bar or a built protein puff, which is a protein infused marshmallow, or a built granola bar. And allow that to satisfy that sweet tooth while also getting uh, and giving your body what you need. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. Some come in so many great flavors like churro or coconut almond. My favorite is mint brownie. We're talking an average of 130 calories, only 130 calories a bar, uh, less than 5 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Yeah. They're that packed. Talk about great stats. That's like Demonda Sabonis triple double stats, but in a built bar. Give them a try. Now you don't have to just order them on built.com and wait for your box to arrive. You can go to Walmart uh, or Sam's Club, go to the pharmacy section, get a box there, take them home, give them a try. You won't be disappointed. And you can go always to built.com.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
2: I know a lot of you have been waiting for this. Maybe some of you don't care. But for me, tonight was an extra special night because I had an incredibly fun interaction with Kings head coach Mike Brown before the game. Now, Mike has won a lot of people over with his personality. He's just an amazing guy. You've seen uh, earlier when he was commenting on the shoes that Mark Jones was wearing. He's put his his, his socks up on a table before or, or feet up on a table before. He's made all sorts of comments. I have no idea how... Mike Brown found out that I am a huge fan of Dungeons & Dragons, because I know Mike Brown isn't on Twitter, or at least I believe Mike Brown isn't on Twitter. Maybe he has a burner account, and he follows me with that burner account, because about six or five days ago or so, I tweeted out that I think that everybody should try Dungeons & Dragons with their friend. Now, if you don't know anything about me, uh, I am, of course, a huge sports guy. Love the Sacramento Kings. Sports are my entire life, and I've built my career around sports, but I'm also a massive nerd. Love Lord of the Rings, love Star Wars, love Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings is my main thing. I love fantasy. I love Dungeons & Dragons, fantasy tabletop. It's a lot of fun for me. Well, I tweeted this out, and somehow Mike Brown got wind of it because during our pregame press conference, I was asking Mike about Brook Lopez and the effect that Brook Lopez has, and when he was done answering that, he starts squinting at me. And then he asks me if I'm a, uh, uh, that I'm a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, right? That he heard I was a fan of Dungeons & Dragons. I'm not going to describe any more. Here's the clip and uh, the audio of our interaction. You probably won't be able to hear me too uh, clearly because I had moved the microphone on at that point. But you don't want to hear me anyway. You want to hear from Mike Brown. This was just a lot of fun, a blast for me.
3: I heard you play Dungeons & Dragons. I do. You do? At least I play it all the time. I, I love it. Love the fun game. My, my son, my youngest son actually, uh, plays D&D. Uh, Cameron, what's that? I don't care. <laughs> Good. It's a fun game though. Yeah, the, the only th- and I, it's I love I love to play. It's just so long, man. It's kind of like like golf. I don't really like golf. Like like I like Dungeons and Dragons. They're both long. I'd rather play D and D than than golf though. But, okay, I would, we, as long as we have a little bit of alcohol on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> I, Okay, I'm good. I'm good with that. Little alcohol, little country music, too. All
2: right, go no, 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 no. So I don't care that Mike Brown lost tonight. I don't care if uh, Mike Brown and the Kings are first-round eg- exits. Mike Brown is absolutely the coach of the year, should be the coach of the decade. They should replace the piglet statue outside the Golden One Center with a statue of Mike Brown dressed up like a Dungeons & Dragons character. And you know what? Just give him the MVP at this point, too. Rick Adelman is my favorite Kings coach of all time. He's my favorite coach of all time, period. But with that D&D comment, Mike Brown might be stealing it. It was just a, a really fun glimpse at Mike's amazing personality and caught me completely off guard. Of course, uh, everybody else in the room, I think, had a fun time with it. Of course, they were making fun of me about it afterwards. I don't care. If you're making fun of me because Dungeons & Dragons, join the club. There's been plenty of people that have mocked my love of d Us d players, we're used to it. But look, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Mike Brown likes it, and clearly Mike Brown likes everything that's cool. So if Mike Brown likes it, you should give it a try too. Uh, although I am a fan of golf as well and it sounds like uh, uh, Mike isn't the biggest fan of golf so maybe we'll, uh, we'll we'll have to try and change Mike's mind with golf with all the amazing courses around the Sacramento area but I had a lot of fun with that interaction hopefully you had fun with that hopefully you had fun just watching this game period Tonight, I met so many of you uh, at tonight's game I also met the three uh, the, the 40 point squad uh, it was really cool to meet them they were sitting courtside and I love to see them uh, getting that recognition and getting that experience that was really cool of Vivek Ranadive and and, uh, uh, and, and the King's Ownership crew to to treat them there and have them sit center court. I absolutely love to see that. Uh, and then I met... Uh, a couple of you, I met a, I met Robin for the first time. She's an amazing fan of the Locked on Kings uh, podcast, an amazing fan of not just the Sacramento Kings, but Sacramento sports. I met uh, Jack uh, right at the end of the game, took a picture with him. Jack, it was a pleasure to meet you. Met a couple others uh, as well, some names that I'm unfortunately forgetting, and I'm so sorry about that. But to all of you uh, who come up to me and, and say hello at Kings Games, that means the world to me. Thank you so much. To all of you that send emails to me or DM me on Twitter and stuff like that, I love that. That means so much to me. So thank you, thank you. Thank you for that, and I look forward to uh, having you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings as the Kings prepare for uh, three straight on the road. Very winnable games. They have the uh, Chicago Bulls Wednesday, then the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday, and then I think the Washington Wizards on Saturday while well, we're going to have the NCAA National Tournament here in the Golden 1 Center, which is going to be a lot of fun, uh, but hopefully the Kings can find a way to go 2-1 and one minimum, maybe even 3-0 and oh during that road trip because they come home and then they get the Boston Celtics, which is another game I'm very much looking for forward to. But tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. I'm going to be breaking down different playoff scenarios of teams that the Kings could play in the first round. We'll talk about the best and worst case scenarios. So please join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.